This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Going back to school can be a stressful time for students and parents. From starting a new school to getting good grades to simply trying to fit in can be a challenge for students. As a parent, how do you help them cope? How do you find out what's going on in their lives? And what role does social media play? Everything you need to know about mental health and your kids on Prescription for Life straight ahead. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. Young people are facing a world that many of us adults never had to face. Those issues and pressures are adding to feelings of anxiety and depression and even isolation. We'll get to our Cleveland Clinic expert in just a moment, but first, a little bit about the mental health issues facing kids today. ADHD, anxiety problems, behavior problems, and depression are the most commonly diagnosed mental disorders in children. There's a new push to address the growing number of kids who experience a mental health crisis. Every year, half a million children and teens go to an ER with some kind of mental health or behavioral health problem. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the Emergency Nurses Association, and the American College of Emergency Physicians released a joint statement demanding more resources. They're calling for more pediatric mental health professionals to be placed inside emergency rooms, schools, and doctor's offices to catch cases before they become a crisis. A mom and daughter in Tennessee found themselves in one of those crises. The teen opened up about her struggle with suicidal thoughts. Now a warning, this story may be difficult to watch for those dealing with thoughts of self-harm. At 11 years old. It was a really hopeless time for me. I wasn't, I wasn't there. Ariane Witt spent a lot of time by herself. The loss of friends was really, it's very sudden. It happened a lot. Feeling isolated and alone. It just drove me to that edge. She made a drastic decision to end her pain. It ended up just taking over me and my initial plan was to hang myself. That was the plan. But fear stopped her in her tracks, and she never told anyone until a routine physical exam. They gave me a form, and on the form it had questions about depression. I marked them 10 all the time, thoughts like that. Her doctor quickly referred her to a therapist. I honestly thought that she was just going through typical stuff her that kids go through at her age. Who revealed Ariane's plans to her devastated mother. But at the end of the session, he called me in. And he said, you need to know that this is what your daughter's planning. And she wrote out the letter. She planned it. And um, that was my moment. A 2022 report in Knox County finds nearly half of female students said they feel sad or hopeless. 28% of male students reported feeling the same. 9% of those surveyed said they attempted suicide within the previous year. Anxiety is probably the most prevalent thing I see 
come into my office, especially among young girls. Amanda Tunnel left teaching after years in the classroom to become a social emotional learning coach. The alternative therapy equips tweens and teens like Arion with the tools to handle life's big transitions. Remember to feel your shoulders relax away from your body. This gives them a space and a place to um, normalize what they're going through and normalize the feelings that they're having and then develop healthy and effective ways to manage the distress. After a year of working with Amanda, Arian is trying new hobbies, learning how to communicate with her peers and navigate conflicts. <laughs> Because of that, her self-esteem has skyrocketed because of that. What she couldn't do before, she can do now. She and her mother want others to know asking for help could save a life. I feel like I'm standing on my own two feet. <laughs> I can see now why I chose to live. It's so great to see her thriving, but keep in mind, if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health issues, call or text 988. It's the Suicide Crisis Hotline, and you can call it 24-7. Some students can navigate stressful situations while others may have a more difficult time. Our experts share some tips to help your child through those times and how parents can begin those difficult conversations. Joining me now is Dr. Joe Osterman, who is the head of behavioral health at Cleveland Clinic Children's. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, kids are back at school. Mm -hmm. And is this the time that we really need to pay attention to mental health? Yeah, I think all year round mental health is a concern, but specifically during big changes. Big changes in a kid's life is going back to school. It's really stressful for a lot of kids. It's a big change just in general. Parents are real happy about this, but kids, it's like going back to work on your first day of work, so it's it's stressful. What are kids dealing with these days? So uh, a lot of the kids coming back into school right now, uh, I think one of the biggest things that they're dealing with is, one, they've had limited contact with a lot of their peer group. They don't know what they're getting into school, and it is, it's just a big change. And then you have all of these other factors that they've been exposed to all summer long. Video games all day, being on social media, all of a sudden you're gonna be in school and that is a big change coming off of that and deplugging from those electronics and being in a live situation with other people can be really stressful for some of these kids, especially if they're struggling with anxiety or mood disorders. So I can't imagine also going into high school or going into middle school, those physical changes too for right. a lot of these kids that are right. coming into this. So, you know, you keep piling it on. You mentioned anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, is that the most common thing? So anxiety disorders, both in kids and adults, are the most common mental illness illness that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. About one in five kids are dealing actively with some sort of anxiety problem. And that seems overwhelming, it is overwhelming. And then you add any big change into somebody that's stressed and worried about what's gonna happen. They don't know sometimes, they're changing schools often, they're changing classrooms. And again, this is a lot to throw at a kid all of a sudden. And it puts these vulnerable kids at a 
disadvantage coming in. So is there a telltale sign that yeah. parents and teachers should be watching for? So starting off with, it really tends to start about a week or two before school starts. You'll start to see behavioral changes in kids. They'll start to become a little bit more withdrawn. They'll start to become a little bit more irritable and touchy. And they'll start talking about school in a negative way. They'll start saying, like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's going to go horribly. They're projecting into the future like it's going to go wrong for them. And that's their mindset. And so when you start seeing that is a good time to intervene. When you're in school, it's really those kids that are not engaged in school. You're seeing that they're isolating or they're actually getting sick before school or having physical complaints and really doing anything that they can to not have to go to school. So what do you do? Yeah, and so that's the real tough thing. And, and when you're managing this, being proactive is really key here. And so you, parents, they know their kids, typically. They, they know what's gonna set them off. They know if their kid's dealing with something most of the time. And so what I say is about two or three weeks before school, start prepping them for school. Talk about the change. If you can, go to the school, make practice runs. A lot of times schools will have open houses where you can walk what their schedule is going to be, make it as familiar as possible, and then talk about the good stuff that they can expect from it. Like they're gonna be able to see people, they're gonna be able to uh, engage, and it's gonna be structured and that they have a good support system at home. They're not gonna be alone in this. And if need be, you can engage school health professionals and school teachers and counselors at the school to help create a safety net for them, let them know about that. So it's not such a scary change and unknown. You're eliminating the unknown here. It also seems that a lot of schools are way more akin to knowing about mental health issues with kids and they're actually putting more resources into the school. Are parents being educated enough about that, that they know what to do? I don't think that parents are being educated enough. It's actually a state mandate now that schools have mental health services in them. And uh, as a parent, I didn't know about this. Only professionally did I find this out. But schools have a mandate to help with mental health and health as part as the, of the education. And they're uh, mandated to help educate kids about mental health. I find that schools, when you talk to them, and I do encourage you contacting teachers and uh, the school counselors to let them know, like, hey, this may be a problem. How can we game plan this together? And how can we be a team for this kid? You also mentioned social media. Yeah. How big of a mental impact is that on kids? So social media in general has been a sea change for the world and our society. And we know that there can be significant liabilities, but also some significant benefits with social media. Liabilities are that aspect of making you feel isolated. If you are looking and tied to your phone, you're not interacting face to face with people. It limits that. And that neurologically is detrimental. It makes it harder to actually engage face to face. And we see that in some cases that actually worsens mental illness. Conversely, if you are struggling with mental illness, it actually helps destigmatize because nowadays you can see other people that are struggling with mental illness. You don't feel so alone. And a lot of times now, Big companies are putting out information on social media, social YouTube, uh, Twitter. They have things that can guide you to mental health resources that ha can help connect you in certain ways. And so it's not all bad, it's not all good, but moderation is always the key. I think that 
being on some social media is okay, but it shouldn't take over your life because if it does, then you, we see that it causes more detriment than uh, benefit. So no more than 30 minutes a day or yeah. like we, what we do with television yeah. anyway. And the American Academy of Pediatrics publishes great guidelines depending on age and uh, how much uh, social media should be limited today and resources to help you navigate that as a parent. Um, a more serious subject, uh, September is Suicide Awareness Month. And that is something, I mean, tragically, we see this so often that the parents weren't even yeah. realizing that the kid was struggling. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you really want parents to take home and pay attention to? Yeah. And so whenever we're talking about mental health in general, and specifically about uh, depression and suicidal ideation, being open and honest. Today, kids are not stigmatized against mental illness the way that I was when I was a kid or my generation. Kids talk about it. And again, one of the benefits of social media is it's out there in the conversation. One of the benefits of our education system now, our schools are talking about this. It is out there. Kids don't see this as a sense of shame. Sometimes parents do, but it's important to check that as a parent and be there for your kid. And it is our responsibility as parents to talk about it in an open and honest way and let your kid know that it's safe to talk about it. When I look for warning signs, and sometimes there can be warning signs, when you see a significant change in behavior, when you see an increased isolation, irritability, changes in sleep, changes in their eating, and this really, sometimes kids come out as anger when they're really depressed. Sometimes it is sadness and just isolation. Anytime that you see these changes, engage your child. Don't be afraid to talk about mental health and suicide. Kids can take it and they actually have a better vernacular sometimes than adults do. So just say, hey, I'm here for you. We'll work on this together. How are you feeling? Are you struggling? Have you had thoughts of suicide? If you've had those thoughts, how far has it gone? Have you actually done anything to hurt yourself? Or is this like you're just feeling overwhelmed and you need a break? We can build in these. Once you talk to them about this, let them know that you can game plan together. You can do some things to help them make them feel safe, change their routine, get them support. Being pro-social is a good idea. See if you can get them around kids their own age. A lot of times kids won't talk to you, but they will talk to their friends about this. And so letting them know that there are lifelines. And if it becomes overwhelming as a parent or you don't know what to do or you have a concern, reach out to your mental health professionals, reach out to your doctor, whoever you have. Most physicians can deal with this and manage it or get you to the right place. If you need immediate help, there's a great national crisis hotline, 988 is all you need to know, and you can even text it, and you can get that immediate help or connection. So there are lifelines out there. Nothing's ever truly hopeless. And kids can use that lifeline as well. Anybody can use that lifeline. So the other interesting thing, I just did the story on emergency rooms being overwhelmed by mm. kids coming seeking mental health services. Yeah. Um, before it gets to that point, when should a parent know this is beyond me, this is something I need to talk to the, the pediatrician or mm -hmm. I need to find some help? So I think day-to-day -day things, kids go through some rough patches. They may have an argument with a friend and that they may have a down day. When it starts to become a pattern or there are days and days when a kid is just not feeling good or feeling like they don't belong, 
that's a concern. That's when you want to jump on it and enlist some help. It is a good time to intervene. Anytime a child says, hey, I'm thinking about hurting myself or committing suicide, that is a good time to bring more people in. As parents, we're not giving a playbook on how to deal this. We can be supportive, we can activate, and there are great resources online from the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, uh, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, American Academy of Pediatrics, to help support this. But anytime that you feel like this is a concern, that's when you wanna get on the phone, uh, get to an office, and have somebody else take a look at it. Do you encourage parents to know the social media platforms that their kids are on, and forgive me, but spy <laughs> on them? Yes, and not necessarily spy, but be educated. In my household, my kids have phones, I have some teenagers, but I know exactly what's on their phone, and I say that this is my phone that you're using, I have direct access to this. Having some privacy is okay, but in this day and age, you also have to reserve the right to say, all right, I need to look at this for your own benefit understanding this and there are great resources online to help you understand what these apps are and how they work and what the dangers and benefits of them are. Educating yourself as a parent is key to understanding and talking about social media with your kids. Is there a big mistake parents make? I think the biggest mistake I see parents make is dismissing their kids and saying, oh, you're angry, you're in trouble, and blaming them or something that's happened. Whenever you see a change in your kid, it's them telling you that something's wrong. Kids don't wanna be bad. I've never met a kid that really, truly wants to be bad. If they're acting out and they're angry, something's wrong, engage them as a team rather than getting them in trouble initially. Uh, they may have to face consequences if they're breaking rules, I'm not saying that, but always as a team. We're gonna fight this as a team rather than it's me against you and I, I have to set limits down or you're in trouble for this. That's the biggest uh, mistake parents make. And take time to talk to them each take night time. and don't yeah. accept fine as an answer. <laughs> right, and so the most common question that parents ask after school is how was your day? That is too open-ended of a question for kids and they won't answer it. Uh, when you come home and you talk to your kids and talking to your kids is key, having open dialogue, be specific. What was the roughest point of your day? What was the best part of your day? Allow them to kind of ex tell you what the hardest is because if you just say, how was your day? They're just gonna say fine. And they could have had an awful day. But if you ask them, what was your roughest point of the day? You're much more likely to get an answer like, oh, that was bad. And then ask them how they handled it. Do they need help with this? It allows you to jump off and actually have a conversation with your kids so you're feeling less frustrated. Uh, as a parent, you're feeling more connected and it helps them feel more connected to you and trust you. And your kids actually give you the guidance that they need, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Dr. Osterman, thank you so much. Great thank insight. You. Thank you so much. It's so important for parents to have the right tools and language to help their children. A touching children's book is helping teach kids how to be themselves and take flight. Our colleagues in St. Louis share the message behind the book that's teaching kids about the differences and self-confidence. It is a children's book. It's not surprising that people feel the emotion. When Rusty was born, his parents were very surprised. The story is touching. Adults who have read the book have actually cried when they talked to me about it because it made such an impact on them. The remarkable Red Crow follows a fictional character, different from others. All the other crows in the world were black. 
who's on a journey. He goes around the world trying to find a family. While the red crow may not be real, the inspiration behind it. Oh, he told me what happened in his childhood, and I said, oh, I know the story we can write. Is. Honestly, I think it captures the story so well. In reality, Diane Klein's friend. Jeff was an amazing friend. Jeffrey Price lived the life of a red crow, a life of mental trauma. He grew up in a family where he was bullied by his family. And rejection. He had red hair and none of them did. So you're not one of us, they said. They taunted him, said he didn't belong in his family because he was pooped out of a red crow. But this red crow learned to soar above the abuse. Jeff had a heart and soul like nobody else and he had so much strength because he had to overcome all of this. He learned how to accept his uniqueness. Anytime you feel different from somebody else, you realize that's okay, just be yourself. The Red Crow discovered there is more to being a family than just being related. Families are made out of love. It doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter who you are, it's who loves you. Klein hopes this children's book becomes an inspiration for other Red Crows, giving them the confidence to take flight. It's for anybody who's trying to find their place in life and to find their space to nest. This book is all about be yourself and whatever you are, you'll attract the right people. What a powerful message. That's all we have for this episode of Prescription for Life. We'll see you right back here next week for another episode. Until then, wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.